0: Hey, everybody, and welcome back to We're Just Talking. Um, if you're listening to this on and it's Monday morning, I hope this gets your day and your week started off on the right foot.
1: Get your engine revved up.
0: Get that engine revved up. Currently, right now, uh, Carly and myself are having a little tequila drink.
1: Yeah, I've noticed that we've kind of departed. Well, not departed, but we, we we've come into our own in terms of having tequila equally as often as we have red wine on this show. So that's pretty good.
0: Yeah, and who doesn't like tequila out there? Right. Honestly, like, raise your hand right now if you do not like tequila. I don't care to know you. That's what you I know? thought. Yeah. That's what I thought. Um,
1: no, I'm just kidding. Um, th- I actually put a lot of effort into into this particular drink because I wanted the whole vibe of it. I wanted the salt and chili powder rim. If you haven't ever done a salt and chili powder rim job, highly recommend that for you. It's wonderful. I mean the platonic um, PG version of that by rimming your glass not other <laughs> Deli- orifices
0: it delivers a uh a little kick too so yeah. i mean you can go ahead i mean you can go ahead i mean whatever money,
1: money. whatever floats your boat for sure but i'm i am talking about a glass for a margarita yeah. and classe azul as always i put a bunch of lime juice lots of ice and we have these like what were they citrus yeah they're like citrus, citrus green, green tea,
0: tea like seltzers and yeah. uh, it, i don't know what it did but it gave it somewhat of a vanilla like, yeah flavor to it. So it's like Excellent. jalapeno well, you know chili what it pepper, is? vanilla tequila.
1: Do you know what it is though? I read about I read about the Clase Azul that we bought and the reposado has vanilla in it. The oh, tequila has vanilla Well, that makes sense it. then. Yeah. So that's why you're tasting vanilla. And maybe the club soda brought out those flavors. I'm not sure.
0: Well, okay. so again, if it is your Monday morning and you are heading into work. Um, Just
1: know that we're having tequila right now as we record that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know, um, you can do that while you're at work if you'd like. It probably yeah, put I mean, you in a pretty damn good mood. Or you can wait maybe till no. you get home later. Yeah. It's not Um, very sound advice, but well, motivation to uh, get through the day and go home and have some tequila, Mm -hmm. you know. I mean, mean, everyone. So everyone has to have your like your little thing, your tick that gets you through the day. Yeah. I know I do. Like after the weekend, Monday morning, I'm like, this sucks. Um, Tuesday comes on, comes along. I'm like, this also sucks. It just drags on. It's long. But I'm like, all right, you know, this is what we're gonna do. I'm gonna get through this. We're gonna go home. You know, maybe do a workout. And then, uh, you know, maybe the wife and I will go ahead and have something delicious for dinner. The wife. Yeah, the wife. um, Something delicious for dinner. And then we're going to watch maybe some Dexter. It's, you know, small little things like that 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 get you going.
1: The broad that you married.
0: The broad, yeah. Yeah. Carly's favorite song, she made it up. No. It's like an old school song and it goes something like this. It's like, no, and there was a broad. No by the bar i
1: didn't Uh, (laughs) i didn't make it up i heard that on a comedy podcast and it really resonated with me it was about frank sinatra and how he doesn't actually sing he just talks he's just talking to a beat or about a broad yeah yeah, at a bar essentially broads yeah okay so anyway today we are going to talk about nutrition nooch nutrition
0: and how we fit it into our lifestyles and certain well i mean you have to fit it into your lifestyle
1: because that's how you get that's how you get nutrients yeah but But, i
0: mean some people don't you know plan accordingly
1: and there's also like many schools of thought i mean obviously there's a million different diets um quote-unquote lifestyles which are amount to essentially a diet schools of thought i mean there's there's vegan there's vegetarian there's carnivore there's low carb, there's high carb, there's uh, there's something I read once about call fruititarians. Apparently these people just subsist on only fruit, which if you're, okay, this is this is my call to action for you. If you're a and you only eat fruit and you live to tell about it, I want to know. Yeah, message
0: us. I want to
1: know about that experience because I, do. I don't know how you do that. And good for you too. So today we um are just going to talk kind of generally about nutrition. We hope to get guests on our podcast later on in other episodes about each different School of thought in terms of nutrient timing, supplements, and again, those other, you know, diets that people tend to have. Whether, you know, we'd love to talk to somebody who's a vegan, we'd love to talk to somebody with carnivore experience, purely carnivore. Keto diet's big right now. Low carb has always been big. I feel like maybe the 80s, 90s. Isn't Atkins just low carb?
0: I'm not 100% sure. I think it is. Low carb? Yeah, and it, carb. it sticks out in
1: my mind from the 90s. But yeah, we're going to talk briefly about each of those things. And we're also going to kind of talk about our lifestyle and how we're make how we nutrition conscious while also living our lives because I think that in the end, that's the most important thing. I think you need to make whatever it is your lifestyle because if it's not a lifestyle, if it's not something that's sustainable, you're never, ever going to stick to it. Like ever.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. And, and I you learn the hard way. Yep. And I think Carly and I have almost done or tried almost all the main popular styles of eating. And, you know, in our opinion, at least my opinion, I don't know about yours, but there's one that I still technically do today that's been the most sustainable. And, you know what I mean?
1: But I think that we've gotten to the point where we know enough about food and how it affects our bodies to be able to kind of eat on intuition. More so than anything else that when we have a specific goal in terms of, you know, we want to lean out or we want to bulk up or whatever it is, we know how to get to that point by measuring certain things. But I think in terms of living our lives on a day to day basis and the majority of the year and the majority of our lives at this point, it's really just intuitive eating and kind of understanding that, okay, it's not a free for all, but it's also not totally restricted. Would you agree with that?
0: Yeah. You can vouch for this too. I know a lot of people, uh, some of our friends have said, they'll look at me and maybe we'll be at a barbecue or maybe we'll have some kind of get together on the weekend. And sometimes I tend to kind of start splurging a little bit at these barbecues or get together because I kind of want to, you know, I want to eat, I want to try everything. Yeah. So then people will be like, how do you do that? And, but what I tell them is "Well, I have techniques or I have, you know, tactics, things I do throughout the week that basically allow me to splurge a little bit on the weekends and it really not negatively affect me in any kind of long-term way, you know?
1: Yeah, I think we both live by that philosophy.
0: Yes, yes, absolutely. I feel like you do it better than I do, though. What do you mean? I feel like you are able to sometimes even do more than I can. and I don't like not think that's true.
1: I think it's just different for us because, keep it off because you're male easier. and I'm female. Like I think that that's different. And the other thing that comes into play is we both work out a lot. We're both athletes. So there's certain things that we do, right. workouts that we do. We have to fuel them or else we feel like I know I get a migraine headache if I don't mm-hmm. properly fuel my body for my workouts. Oh, yeah. You can feel it. Yeah. You can immediately mm-hmm. feel depleted. You feel like you have to take a nap. Lack of energy. I'm currently actually living in a state of constant soreness because our gym just recently reopened, not entirely because there's still restrictions in terms of what can be done inside, but our gym started holding workouts outside and I attended three this week so far. And brutal. I... (laughs) have the kind of soreness that it travels up your spinal column. It was giving me a headache. I was so, so sore. And if I wasn't me and I didn't know like what the feeling of soreness was like, if I was like a first time athlete and I was feeling this pain, I'd be like, I need to go seek medical help. But I know that this is just me getting adjusted back into lifting weights and things like that because we've been doing pretty much strictly cardio while in quarantine. But now that we're kind of breaking out, we can get back into the gym and start lifting weights. And that's definitely taken a toll on my body. And I feel like part of it is I either didn't hydrate enough or I didn't eat what I was supposed to eat that's why I'm like excruciatingly sore but and that's just you know nutrition rearing its ugly head and saying like you didn't yeah but you you
0: also on the first gym day the first day we went back to the gym you of course went balls to the fucking wall (laughs) and you wonder why you're sore the next day and you couldn't walk
1: it's not even that I'm not wondering I just I I know that that's what it is and I know that like I need to just get it over with so by way of background obviously both of us are millennials I'm 30 years old Julian's 31 years old I feel like we talk about this a lot particularly the generations come into play because nutrition has changed change so much. It's kind of like in our episode, if you guys have listened to our episode Fitness Whole Pizza in My Mouth, it's about fitness and fitness fads and things of that nature. Nutrition kind of has the same trajectory in terms of what people thought was okay, what people think is the next big thing, the magic pill, things of that nature. And I know I, for one, when I was being raised by my parents, I mean, diet culture was extremely prevalent. Weight Watchers and Jenny Craig and the cabbage soup diet and even Atkins was really big at that time. And like, I know that my parents, would try out those diets. My brother and I actually were just joking about this. We would find their low carb like snacks or whatever and just like devour them thinking they were like cookies and they were not in fact cookies. They were just sawdust treats. But yeah, we've come from a place where diet fad was was, like the thing. Like that's what you did if you wanted to lose a certain amount of weight or this and that. And then that goes hand in hand with like certain body types being ideal and you know, the focus being on I need to get skinny. I need to lose weight. I need to be smaller. I need to have the number on the scale needs to go down. And I think that that's made a pretty big shift over recent years too. I think that we put a premium on being strong now as opposed to, let me see how small I can get. Let me see how small of a size pants I can fit into. And now the focus is kind of more like, how much can I squat? Can I run for two miles? Can I lift this weight? Can I do that? And I think that's become more prevalent now. And we've, we, you and I have talked about this, how our generation is much more conscious of actual nutrition and whole foods and eating correctly as opposed to... Fad diet.
0: Oh, yeah. And you can tell too, just by the fact that you have all these gyms and all these new gym concepts that open up and they have attraction. And then like you said, more people just tend to be more food conscious, mm-hmm. um, trying to make the right decisions and trying to eat what works for their body type, right? Because you can attest this as well. But when you're eating for your body type and for your goals, and it's clean eating, and it's healthy you feel 150% better right. than you would on any other day, where maybe you're just kind of, you know, subconsciously eating, mm-hmm. and you're not really thinking about what you're actually putting into your body. Mm-hmm. And when it comes down to what we've mentioned generations here, like the boomer generation, for oh, example, yeah. I think, you know, they grew up
1: big offenders of
0: <laughs> Well, well, they also grew up, you know, on you know you need to eat carbs, 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 that's like, you, that's what you should be eating as your primary food source, because that's we get energy from carbohydrates, right? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, if you look at the old food scale, I think what you're supposed to eat, Eat the most is of was, grains, was grains whole grains yeah correct and we're not saying grains and whole grains are bad at all but what we're saying is i feel like they were told the more grains and, and bread and things like that you ate like the healthier it would be but not necessarily You know, it also depends on what you're doing with your lifestyle. Yeah. you know, And I think
1: the low fat thing, like, you know, like the little tiny triangle at the top of the food pyramid was like for fat, any kind of fat, right? whether it be avocado, olive oil, butter, any kind of fat was supposed to fit in that tiny little triangle. And I just think that at least through and maybe it's a good byproduct of the keto diet and low carb diet. The generations today are starting to realize that fat is not the enemy in your body, your brain and your body need it to function. And just because something's low fat doesn't mean that it's healthy for you because it could be loaded with sugar, white sugar which is
0: right exactly and I don't think has any nutritional value right so I think it's just understanding what nutrition is and how it actually affects you and your body and then again at the end of the day as well it's still calories in versus calories out Mm -hmm. you know you want to make sure that whatever your goals are obviously if you're trying to bulk you will at the end of the day you want a slight surplus of calories of the right calories to go ahead and put on some muscle you don't want too much because the idea normally in a bulk unless it doesn't matter for you you know that, that could be your goal but if you're trying to put on you know lean muscle and gain a few pounds and trying to diminish fat then the main goal is again to eat the right things and try to stay as lean as possible
1: the focus is more for us i mean that might be our goal
0: what i mean as well is that's for bulking then if you want to lean out as well it's kind of the same concept you're going to eat the same clean healthy foods right Mm -hmm. depending on whatever it is that you're doing but again you're going to want to eat less because a bulk you want to be in somewhat of a caloric surplus Mm -hmm. at the end of the day and if you're leaning out then you want to be somewhat in in a caloric deficit yeah at the end of the day regardless of what you're doing, whether it's, you know, you're doing your macros or you're doing keto, paleo. Intuitive eating. Yeah. Carnivore. Like it could be whatever it is that you want to do and how you want to do it is fine. But at the end of the day, again, bulking, you need to be in a caloric surplus and then leading out, you need to be in a caloric deficit.
1: Yeah. And I, just a quick disclaimer on that. We are not of the mindset that, you know, everybody should want to be trying to get as lean as they can get. That's definitely not our message. You know, I think it's largely dependent on each person and what their goals are. For us, it's to be better athletes, to have the energy to do everything that we do every day and, you know, live a healthy life, live a long life. And the way that we do that is through Whole Foods. I make sure we cook at home almost every night. And again, we reserve the times out and ordering food and things like that for the weekend. Alcohol, although we talk about alcohol all the time. I mean, I mean, this is the first drink that we've had all week, with the exception of on a rare occasion that we go out with friends for a drink at midweek happy hour or something like that totally again everything in moderation we don't pretend to be these angels who you know don't drink and you know don't drink any alcohol at all and don't have anything indulgent that's certainly not us
0: well i don't think they got that feeling since we drink on every (laughs) podcast that we do so i think we're in the clear there
1: yeah i mean i think i'm just making myself feel better by saying that but yeah everything in moderation that's basically like our main takeaway for this episode right like i would say that's like first and foremost
0: yes everything in moderation Um, i will let you in on a little secret though Uh, carly and i have both done this i still kind of do it today but i will i will say, I do less of the measuring part, more of like the eye part. Um, if you're really trying to attain certain goals, again, whatever those goals are, it doesn't matter. But knowing kind of your your macros, your calories, how many grams of fat, protein, and carbohydrates you're supposed to have each day. Yeah. If you can kind of you know make your meal plan or however it is that you eat around, based around that, I'm um, structured to whether you want to lean out or whether you want to bulk. In my opinion, that's been the most sustainable. I used to always talk about it. Um, if anyone knows me for a long time too, I was a personal trainer for a little while as well. I always was into eating big, you know, eating a lot um, just to have the energy and being able to recover and put on muscle. But when I actually figured out what my macros were to attain a certain goal, that's when I saw dramatic change, like almost like a full transformation, not even realizing that you were able to even do that. Um, but I didn't notice that's the most sustainable. And I actually enjoy eating like that. And I'm not just doing spinach and kale and, and chicken. Uh, I'm doing normal foods, you know, like rice and chicken and rice and steak and, you know, vegetables, things like Potatoes, that. Yeah. Potatoes. So I'm going all out. I'm just conscious of how much i'm putting in during each meal i feel like i used to eat to the point where i was always stuffed and that mm-hmm. maybe was a little too much now i eat to the point where okay i feel like i'm pretty strict during the week uh, especially when i go to work i make my meals
1: it's also just it's just more convenient that way it's like, it's, it's so easier. much more
0: it's so much more convenient so much more easy because you don't need it's to a worry. no-brainer you
1: just grab it from the fridge
0: exactly you know make it yourself you can wait if you want or you can eye it whatever you want to do keep it at work and you know if you're having two or three meals throughout the day while you're at work well there you go like you have eat one meal boom two Bye three hours later, you have another. Two, three hours later, you have another. Mm-hmm. It's pretty simple to stick to that once you've already measured and weighed your meals, you've put them aside, they're at work with you. And this way too, like when you get hungry, cool, you can go ahead and eat. You don't have to worry about what you're going to have for lunch or yeah. you know, if your office orders pizza and all that stuff. Oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm hungry and all they have is pizza. No, you have your meals, you're good to go. And no matter what you do, you can always obtain your objective if you're prepared.
1: An important part of that is that, and we've used nutritional coaching to figure out what our ideal macros are, but just to- be clear this is something that you could easily do on your own you can literally look into like look at your body measurements and figure out what you need for your body and you'll figure out fairly quickly within a you just got to look it up for maybe 15-20 minutes and you'll find what your expenditure is to stay at the weight that you're at what kind of expenditure you need to lose weight and what kind of expenditure or what kind of calories you would need to gain weight what i find helpful about this is that it's fat loss centric as opposed to weight loss centric so for us specifically like we want to we don't want to lose our muscle and i think that that's a huge it's something that becomes a byproduct of weight loss is you know you try and cut back on calories you try and cut back and on food and this and that and you end up being hungry if you're feeling hungry odds are your muscle is deteriorating so like as long as you can be in touch with how you're feeling i think that that's a huge part of this too because let's be honest everybody hears oh i have to weigh and measure all my food and nobody wants to hear that the truth of the matter is, is if you do that for two three four weeks by the end of that time you've gotten to the point where you're like okay I can look at something I can just make a ton of rice at the beginning of the week and I can just look at how much I like I can just look at it and be like I know I need about this much and it would be fine you know as long as you're in the ballpark but I think that that's an important distinction because I think a lot of people are like oh I need to see a nutritionist or I need to see a registered dietitian, and this and that and like those professionals those medical professionals largely deal with Endocrine diseases and digestive diseases and extreme food allergies and big problems that people have people that are very, very sick in terms of how they process food. And I think what people miss is that they're like, oh, well, I just want to lose weight. And it's not really what their job is. You can pretty much do this yourself. And I trust me, I'm a big believer that like I'm not gonna weigh and measure my food until the day I die. I just won't. So it's like once I got the hang of what I needed, I was better able to just be like, okay, I know about roundabout what I need. And like when I would go out to eat, I'd be like, okay, I know about how much I should have in and this night and box up the rest, you know, whatever. So it makes it very flexible. And I think some of the diets call themselves like flexible, like I know it's like if it fits your macros or whatever. Yeah. It, um, yeah.
0: And I think that's kind of more like of what we're talking about. Yeah. Because yeah, I mean, again, you can be as strict as you want. And you're gonna feel great doing it for the most part. But obviously, like we're all human. right? And we all have social lives to Mm -hmm. live and we all want to go out there. And listen, I'm a sucker for like sweets. Yeah, I love sweets. And it's hard for me to turn down sweets. So if I know, hey, you know what, like, I'm going to a party tonight, and there's gonna be a cake there that I want to have or something like that. In my mind, you know, I make sure I work out that day. And maybe I'm kind of low on, you know, sugar and carbs up until that point. And I can can enjoy and really not feel too guilty about it. Because I don't know. In my mind, I'm like, well, my body is now going to just use it, and it's going to yeah. help, help me recover, and therefore, and there's
1: going to be a workout the next day, probably. I- I- exactly.
0: Yeah. So it's almost like you know, uh, as Carly was saying too, kind of like if it fits your macros and knowing what you can and can't have for that day. Obviously, the more you work out, the more your body is actually going to need those nutrients to help right. recover. That adds to leaning, bulking, or trying to stay the same. If you want to stay the same weight as well, but maybe you want to get more toned. Absolutely, there are tons of resources available to where you can. Get- Yeah, you
1: can change your your body composition without changing your weight.
0: Yep, completely agree. And again, there are tons of, Carly did mention that we did have uh, health coaching. That kind of steer us into the right direction. And I'll tell you, I'll I'll admit, like, I was excited, but at first, too, it does seem quite overwhelming. Yeah. Knowing that, like, okay, I have to stick to this very strictly. I can't deviate.
1: But then you learn that that's not the truth.
0: Right. Like, once you obtain your your primary objective or your goal or you get to where you want to be, then you can realize, okay, I can continue to do this, but be somewhat more flexible and I can fit in other foods and I know how to do it and it'll help me either maintain or it'll help me continue on my growth path. You know what I mean?
1: like like we said we have a life to live we have things you know unexpected things that get thrown at us you might miss a meal you might undercut one of your meals and it's really easy to just kind of eyeball and be like okay this morning i was supposed to have toast and two eggs or whatever and i you know i didn't have make time to make the toast so like you carry those carbs over to later in the day and it's really like nutrient timing i believe scientifically is only like 10 to 15 percent of the total picture. Like, I don't think that nutrient timing is going to make or break your goals in the long term. I mean, of course, you want to like be eating, you know, the way that your body needs to. In other words, like surround your workouts with carbs, things like that, as opposed to just like waking up and having like six Pop Tarts. Like, that's not productive for anybody because you're going to have like a sugar crash and glycemic issues and things like that. But in terms of like whether or not, you know, whether you have your toast or oatmeal at 10 a.m. or 12 p.m., I mean, it's really not going to make a huge difference in our experience, at least. I mean, I just don't think we're not bodybuilders. I mean, certainly we're not talking about bodybuilders who need to like really whittle down from like 7% body fat to 5% body fat. That's when it starts to matter. Like that's when every single drop of everything that goes into your body really matters. But in terms of a lifestyle, just be we're just regular people. We we're know we not professional athletes. We're not bodybuilders. So this is kind of like what works for us. And it's funny, Julian said this earlier, but like people see us out on the weekends and we're like, yeah, like we're gonna have the pizza, and we're gonna, and people will say to us, Well, you know, you guys don't, you know, you guys don't restrict anything like you kind of just eat whatever you want and it's like but no you don't see what we're doing from Monday through Friday and you don't see you know the work that goes in you don't you didn't see the workout that we did earlier today to make up for what we're about to eat and things like that people see like kind of what they want to see in terms of that and then they have a pity party for themselves because they're not seeing results and whatever but you only see like a small like a lot of our friends only see a small part of what we eat for the seven days a week I mean it's not a mystery and it's not like we're trying to hide anything like we're not hiding the ball on how we do it
0: right no I, I completely agree and like I I was saying before once um you know at, at first it seems overwhelming but once you get the hang of it um it becomes the most easiest like convenient thing to do because again like i said you already have your meals if you prep your meals like you already have everything done you don't need to worry about where you can eat throughout the week you just need to take a little bit of time to yourself in order to get those meals together but you can keep it so simple too like you know hey maybe you throw some chicken some steaks on the grill some fish mm-hmm. you know um you know throughout maybe the course of a saturday or a sunday put it away and then you know like I tend to I know this is dumb because it costs more money but like it's in my mind it's easier. I tend to get a lot of the pre-made rice cups and just add that to my meal. All I have to do is throw in the microwave. It's too easy. It's simple and then therefore when I'm at work i am not thinking oh no I need to go out and I got to get something. What am I gonna eat? No I have everything there. It's ready. It's good to go. It's easy. I don't even need to think about it. I just eat it and then I just go on with the rest of my day.
1: There are over 90,000 people missing at any time, and over half a million are reported missing every year. And that's just in the United States. I'm Mike Morford. And I'm Jess Betancourt. And in our podcast, Missing Persons, we discuss cases of people who have gone missing under mysterious circumstances. And we're joined in each episode by guests who are either related to the missing person, investigating their disappearance, or advocating for answers in the case. Missing Persons is available everywhere you listen to podcasts, and there are dozens of episodes to binge on right now. Subscribe today so you don't miss an episode. I think that what gets to me the most when I do like me, well, I mean, I haven't had to go to my office, so lunches and like eating throughout the day has been even easier because I'm just home and in my kitchen. I can make whatever I want. But when I was going to work and you know, I had to pack my meals and things like that. I had like my big nutrition like lunch box with like multiple meals and people are like, this girl is eating <laughs> all this. I I'm do. like, yeah. I'm like, I have to eat like every two hours, every three hours, whatever. Or I do that intentionally so that I'm not like wandering around looking for like the snack bowl or like the candy bowl or whatever. But I've noticed that like a big thing for me is food waste. I hate it more than anything and Julian can attest to this. I'm like annoying when it comes to like wasting food. I hate it so much. I hate hate throwing away produce i hate throwing away food that's gone bad that we haven't eaten i hate it so when i have my meals with me and you know the office orders lunch in the afternoon and they're like oh we're gonna have lunch in the conference room i'm just like i cannot throw away my food like i will not throw away my food like i will not waste it so that kind of keeps me on track that like psychotic part of my brain
0: there's a lot of small things you know continuing to add that you can do like i know carly gets carly gets annoyed with me but like for breakfast like my typical breakfast really during the week will be like egg whites maybe like an egg or two maybe like a cup of oatmeal half a cup of oatmeal and that's about it so i but i'll load up on the egg whites just as a filler and carly will realize every time i'm doing it, she goes because well calls them egg farts the,
1: well yeah it smells <laughs> like farts when you're cooking them but i have no problem with egg whites it's just i remember there was one at one point we only had eggs in the house and you would have thought that it was armageddon happening i was like just have three eggs like it's not that big of a He's Exactly. I need exactly one yolk and nothing more. <laughs> and he was being like psychotic for me, that to me, like I, I don't adhere to anything like that. Like if I'm just like, Oh, we're out of egg. White. Okay. Then I guess I'm having three eggs. Like it doesn't bother me at all. Cause I'm kind of like sitting at a body and body weight that I'm totally cool with. I don't need to.
0: No. And, and that's perfectly fine. Adjust it, anything. It, it's like whatever, like you want to do, whatever works for you. Yeah. You know? Um, And again, when I'm at work, I keep it simple. I'm just, I'm either eating, you know, chicken and rice or steak and rice or, you know chicken and steak and maybe vegetables something like that just just keeping it simple keeping it easy keeping convenient for you the more you stick to something like that you know in my opinion uh i feel like just the easier it is and the more you're gonna see like a quicker transformation yeah and you know you'll adjust like your eating habits when i think back to how i used to eat it wasn't like bad i never in my opinion i don't think i ever i mean you know there's ate bad but i think what i did was neither of us
1: did in the time we've known each other
0: exactly i think and we've always been you know i was
1: more in like i was at my peak and like college i was just eating like whatever the fuck i wanted and it showed well trust me <laughs> no it didn't it did but go ahead
0: um well <laughs> trying to be a good husband i think
1: <laughs> i'm trying to be a good husband but you were actually a hog when i met you so no, no
0: i didn't say that <laughs> okay go ahead so i think we're just more we understand nutrition and how it affects our bodies more now than we did when we were in our early 20s yeah. compared to now being in our early 30s Like we understand like kind of what it does and we understand better um, of how we can manipulate certain things or how we can, again, fit in pizza and fit in donuts and and do stuff like that to, and- before this whole pandemic, I think last summer, Carly and I, I think I mentioned in another podcast, yeah. Carly and I would like have a ritual after Saturday workouts, right? Mm-hmm. We would then go and get- That um, was
1: recent. That was
0: it, it was, I think.
1: In the winter, wasn't it?
0: Before yeah. the winter. But we would go uh, you know, to Broad Street Donuts and we would go ahead and get some donuts after the workout. And I'm not going to lie. I actually felt like after I ate the donut, I actually felt better recovered, almost like my body needed it to, uh, to help recover after like an intense workout or something like that. Um, and did I see any kind of negative effect from- mm-hmm. that at all absolutely not so it's small things like that and i'm also a a pancake aholic Mm -hmm. um i have been to pancake aa meetings in regards to this Um, (laughs) that would be pa (laughs) pa pa is anonymous um that just pa just pa because then
1: it's repetitive
0: true true that but (laughs) i love pancakes i always find a way to fit them in and usually fit them into where like it'll benefit me giving me energy or helping me to recover but going back to what carly was saying too if you have those days where Maybe you're not fully on track, or maybe it's nighttime and you realize hey, you know what? I'm real low on calories. Shit, throw in some pancakes, some mm-hmm. syrup, you know, and enjoy your night. You know, yeah. you, you always have that option, and guess what? You're not going to get really any kind of negative benefit from it. If anything, you'll probably get a benefit from it.
1: Yeah, negative benefit. No, I not not a negative,
0: not a negative benefit, but like a positive benefit. You know, just because now you're probably going to recover, depending you're on kind of what you did. You're not going see any kind of negative impact. Yeah, from there you it. go.
1: There you right. Go. Yeah. So we wanted to just make sure that we focus, that because I mean, I'm sure people see like nutrition, like oh, we're going to hear about diets. I wouldn't call anything that we do a diet, would you? No. As an adjective, maybe like our diet, yes. Like what we eat is our diet, but it's not a diet, if no. that makes sense. No,
0: I, I never once think of how we eat as a diet at all. Yeah, I, no. I feel like I just- Diet to uh, the me way signals
1: outside of co- saying like, you know, a cat's diet is kibble in the morning, kibble at night. <laughs> like that's their nice. diet. Yes, that's, you know, a noun for what they eat for nutrients. But outside of that, I feel like when humans talk about diet, it's got a very negative connotation and it's a very oppressive word. I feel like for a lot of people because they had like negative thoughts associated with it. Um, and deprivation is like a huge thing. Diets, especially—I mean, diet culture is huge. I mean, every other day I see, you know, this tea is going to make you lose hundred pounds in three days, and you're just like, yeah. And people are, people are like, yeah, sign me up. And it's like, do you know how painful that would be if it was true? Oh yeah. Like how much that would hurt.
0: Yeah. If you don't die, um, yeah, you're going to go to the hospital probably. Yeah, I heard a lot.
1: So we're big on like making it a lifestyle as opposed to a quote unquote diet. um I know that a lot of people—we've done Julie and I have done it. We've done Whole 30 before, and Whole 30, by its very nature, is 30 days to the 30 30 days of eating basically whole foods um there's a very strict list of things that you can eat and a very very long list of things that you cannot eat and for your typical standard american diet where people are having sugar every day and processed foods every day it's like torture to have to do 30 days of whole 30 because you're i mean you go through withdrawals like you would from drugs or alcohol i mean it's like people are so used to having certain preservatives and certain you know trigger foods like sugar forms an addictive you know forms an addiction so people withdraw from that. And I mean, there's sugar in everything. I mean, you hear that from everybody. There's sugar in even things that are like savory by taste. You know, you look at the nutrition label and see like first ingredient sugar. It doesn't have to be sweet to have sugar in it. So a lot of times people are consuming much more white sugar than they thought they were and starchy carbs and things like that. While I totally am all aboard for a whole 30 ish diet where you're having mostly whole foods that are grown in the ground or from an animal or you know whatever Um, the perimeter of the grocery store so to speak as opposed to the middle aisles I just don't think that having a challenge like a 30 days 60 days five weeks eight weeks whatever it is I just don't think that that's sustainable because then you you're counting down and then once you get to that last day you're like okay time to just blow it out and just totally like eat whatever I want
0: yeah we've noticed that as well when you do like a three-day challenge a 60-day Challenge even a ninety-day challenge that's great, but again, I agree with you. I don't feel it's necessarily sustainable. Yeah, depending on especially because so in your
1: brain you're like, so are it's we, thirty days.
0: So are we saying whole thirty? We're using whole thirty as an example. As right an now. example,
1: yeah. But right. I, just to be clear, I. I am all aboard with the principles of Whole30. I'm good with that. It's fine. I think it's great. And I think you should adhere to mostly the foods that they say are, or that the people that do that diet say are what you should be eating. I'm totally fine with that. Same thing with paleo, like same idea. But I just think setting a human up with, you know, here's 30 days, you have to get through it. It's a challenge. And then once you get through it, all bets are off. I think that that mentally and emotionally is just not the best.
0: Well, from our experience, we've seen a lot of people do that and they'll maybe drop a good amount of weight or they'll get into better shape within that 30 days and then like like you said once that 30 days is over yeah it's like game on yeah and like put like all the
1: weight back on
0: within a week right everything that you just did for those 30 days was now erased is, and, and that's yeah. not like supposed to be the point of it again it's supposed to be able to
1: make a lifestyle change
0: make a lifestyle change out of it right and if whole 30 doesn't work for you then okay what's the next thing that might work for you that you enjoy doing because you don't want to be miserable during this whole time as well i think that's the thing i think people when you do a 30-day or a 60-day challenge you're so caught up in the fact that you need to be so strict to something and, and it's a diet and they're calling in a diet, once you have that mentality of oh I'm on a diet, like it's it's gonna fail. Like, yeah. you're not going to be able to do it long term. It's not going to be sustainable. You know, you need to be able to find out something. And again, that something could be, okay, somehow I learned the foundation and the basics of something that works for me that I enjoy doing that's also convenient. And then always suddenly, before you know it, 12 weeks goes by of you doing something and you're like, wow, look how much I transformed. Right. Right. But again, again
1: coming full circle, it needs to be a lifestyle in order to be a real change.
0: Yeah. A challenge, it needs to go It needs to be a, a complete lifestyle change. Yeah. Because a
1: challenge, you're going to come back and be like, oh, let me just eat everything in sight and then you put all the weight back and then some. I mean, that's that's really the scary thing is yes. you hear people coming back from these challenges. They've done it, they've lost the weight, but then they put it all back on and more than where they were before, which is even worse.
0: Yeah, because they they start to self-indulge because, you know, they deprive themselves. Because it was restrictive. Dirty, right. Yeah. They deprive mm-hmm. themselves 30 days. And so now like, well, I want pizza and I want cake and I want this and that and the other. And before, you know, one week goes by and you put it put back on everything you lost plus more.
1: Right. Same thing with like, I mean, I see a lot of people. People Okay, so people with celiac disease can't have gluten in anything that they eat, right? Because it's a severe food allergy. It causes an allergic reaction in the um, digestive system and even beyond. So now the market is saturated because a lot of these people are coming out with gluten sensitivity, celiac disease, all this other stuff, all these issues. So the market is saturated with gluten-free foods that are marketed as health foods. People who are trying to make a healthy lifestyle change, they're like, all right, let me let me just eat gluten-free. Well, are you eating gluten-free because you have a gluten allergy? Or, or are you tempting to you know, lose weight or, or you're looking for a diet- Right,
0: by eating gluten-free. By
1: eating gluten-free. And I mean, it's just crazy, because logically, if you think that out, if you think that totally through, you're like, okay, gluten-free. What in your mind connects eating gluten-free with weight loss?
0: Well, I feel like, again, people hear gluten-free and- and how it's better for you for whatever reason, and immediately they go, I'm going to switch to being gluten-free, and that's going to help me lose weight Right. without knowing anything about it.
1: Like gluten-free stuff gets marketed alongside health foods. Yeah, you see the desserts now, gluten-free cookies and stuff, Mm -hmm. which Which to be clear, I'm not convinced that a vegan diet is healthier than any. I don't personally believe that. I know some people really sign on to the vegan lifestyle, and they're they're into it, whatever. That's great, and I think if it works for you, it works for you. I think a lot of times things get labeled as a health food or marketed as a health food, and people are... Are just swindled into thinking certain things are healthy when they're really not. Just like the same thing we said earlier, like the low fat craze. It's like okay, it's low fat, and like the word fat scares the shit out of people. I understand that, and so like marketing wise, they're like, oh, it doesn't have fat in it. I'm in the clear. I can have ten of them. Yeah, but did you see how much sugar is in it? You know what happens to sugar when your body doesn't use it, right? It turns, it turns into, into fat. fat. Yeah. yeah. So I just think that it's important too. I mean, really, the end rule of thumb would be stick to whole foods, read your nutrition labels, stop eating food with shit in it, like literal shit and chemicals and garbage and I think you'll be well on your way. And that's not to say I don't love a Pop-Tart. I mean, I fucking fuck up a Pop-Tart. Yeah, but... It's usually before I work out. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> yeah. And it,
0: not saying that you can eat anything that you want before you work out, but if you do eat something like that before you work out, especially if it's an intense workout... It's be used. Your body's gonna use that as energy.
1: Still not. I mean, obviously, the person that's gonna have an orange before they work out is better, but...
0: Right, right, exactly. If
1: if my soul needs a Pop-Tart, I'm not gonna be sorry for it. Right. You
0: know? And they'll probably just help you out yeah. during that workout, too. Yeah. But again, it all depends on what your goals are and, and what works best for you.
1: Right. As we've said multiple times since the beginning of this podcast and on other podcasts, we do like to indulge and we do like to live our lives. So I think that an important point to make is that nutrition is also a big part of your emotion and things that we eat for our soul and for our sanity also play a big role in nutrition. And I think some of those things are just as important as things that you eat for your physical body. Yes. Like you're like, okay, I'm going to lose my mind today. If I, you know, I mean, you shouldn't get to that place with food, you should have a healthy relationship with food. And that's a whole other topic. I mean, obviously, we know nothing about eating disorders, things like that bad relationships with food. But you know, there are certain times where you're just like, you know what, I would just be a much happier person today if I could just have that chocolate chip cookie. And that's okay.
0: Yeah, Carl is right. That's okay. Yeah. You know, especially if you're on something. And again, it depends on what your goal is. If you're being flexible, if you're being strict, I would say if you're being strict, right, and then you know, your motivation and you're dying, you feel it and Sunday comes along or whatever, and you want to have that cheat meal, whether yeah. it's for breakfast, lunch or dinner, you're craving it. And then you get to the point like, well, should I? To be honest, yeah, do it. yeah, And honestly, and do it to the point where you're full because you know that the next meal is going to be healthy. And you know, the next day you're going to get your ass right back into gear. Mm -hmm. And you're going to be good to go, and you're going to feel somewhat refreshed and and happy because you know and motivated. If you if you miss out on it, I mean, this might not be for everybody. I know for me, if I'm looking forward to a cheat meal and I don't take advantage of it, or if the cheat meal sucks, yes, then I'm pissed off. Yeah, and you know what?
1: That's you read my mind. That was my next point. (laughs) I was going to say if you're like, okay, I really want a cookie, don't have the chocolate chip cookie flavored Quest bar, and think that that's going to. Fail. No, just have the cookie. <laughs> have the like, cookie. have the cookie and enjoy it. Have three cookies, maybe. And ma- yeah, and move on. Yep. I just think- And then move on. I've done that before where I've been like, okay, you know, I, I just, I really want something, but I'm going to have a health food flavored, a brownie flavored protein bar or protein shake. But I just wanted the actual brownie. I should have just had it. And then you end up like stewing and thinking about it. Really wish I had that. And, and it, like the craving isn't satisfied. To me, if you want the candy, if you want the cake, if you want whatever, just have it and move on. Agreed it's good for your soul it's good for your sanity and it's good for a marriage i would say <laughs> no i i, I
0: agree <laughs> and then you know what and target it around maybe that workout maybe have it i would recommend if you
1: can if not if you it's can, really right? not the end of the world
0: i would recommend if you're going to do it on a workout day i would recommend having that cheat meal after your workout because one again chances are your body is probably going to use 99.9 of whatever it is you put yeah in and it muscle afterwards. synthesis yeah right and then then especially if it's for me, for example, I told you I'm a pancake-aholic. Yeah. If I want to have a huge cheat meal after, you know, a Sunday morning workout gym, I want maybe pancakes or French toast or whatever like that. Like, I'm going to do it. I'm not going to, you know, portion it out. I'm gonna eat the whole damn thing. I'm going to enjoy every bit of it. I'm not going to worry about the rest of the day because chances are body's going to use it and whatever it doesn't use is going to burn off because you still have
1: the rest of the day. Yeah, and I think you and I are different in that sense. We'll go out to breakfast after a workout and I'll be like, I'm going to have an omelet and it's going to have bacon and cheese and whatever I want in it. Whereas you're like, okay with having, I mean, you're the the brand of psychopath that's okay with having an omelet without cheese in it. Now, to me, that that sounds like I should be sleeping with one eye open because that's psychotic. But to you, that's fine. And you're like, I'm going to have the the short stack of pancakes. Great.
0: Or a whole stack of pancakes and I'm going to put butter on it.
1: Butter and syrup. Yeah. Exactly. Like drown it in syrup. Yeah. That's what I like. I get you. Okay. I got you. Right. I f- and then other days, I'm like, I need the cookie, the donut, the whatever. I need to eat it right now. I mean, a
0: nice like hot donut that slaps like right out of the oven. Like, oh yeah, that sounds so good.
1: And we have, conveniently have a place at the end of our street that what brought you donuts. Brought you donuts, no curse that makes- slaps that makes those those donuts there they come hot out of the oven and then you decorate them on site and it's a religious experience most of the time Mm -hmm. we wanted to touch on a few things there again we would love to have more specific episodes about all the different schools of thoughts in terms in terms of nutrition nutrient timing intermittent fasting we would love to learn about i know there's some people out there who only eat certain types of food during certain times of the day but there's really no measurements of those foods and things of that nature those are things that we don't know really anything about all we know is what we know and that's kind of what we wanted to share in this episode, but we would love to learn about how people have had success with other things, how people have made certain diets fit with their lifestyle, whether it be vegan, carnivore, low carb, whatever, macro counting too. I mean, obviously more about macro counting. We're not the experts on that either, but we would love to learn more about that. And I also think I have written down here, I think I have in my notes, supplements and vitamins and gut health and things related to that. But I think that could be its own episode. What do you think?
0: We can touch on it now if you'd like. I think it could could be its own I think there's too much. I mean, there's a lot in that as well. Gut health specifically, gut health supplements in general uh detox shakes that i've actually been taking one lately in the morning
1: God. detox meaning it's not a meal replacement no no,
0: no not not a meal replacement no so and it's not like a
1: juice cleanse
0: no no basically the detox i've been taking in the morning now it just makes me feel like more uh, less bloated for example you know it makes you feel just like better in the morning carly is I don't know why she's flipping out on me right we'll now leave, while I'm, while Well, leave I'm saying that, this. We'll
1: leave that for another episode because there's literally so much. I, I have so many things that I take and you have so many things that you take.
0: Hey, you know what? You're the boss. Okay? That's fine. You're
1: the boss. No, you're not. <laughs> um Yeah, but Carly. that'll about do it, guys. Carly. Um, Carly. So that'll finish up our nutrition episode. We hope to definitely expand on everything that we've talked about and do a more centered episode on certain other things and definitely get some guests on here that know more than us about this topic. Until then, I think you have anything else you need to add?
0: I was just going to say, you know, we would definitely like to hear some feedback again on these topics and kind of what you do in your life and what works for you. And if you have some additional feedback or insight for us on these topics, uh, please message us at uh, wjtpodcast at gmail.com com
1: so jt podcast on instagram follow us there you go and also listen for our episodes apple Podcasts, spotify subscribe rate us let us know what you think we're definitely going to have some interactive stories on our instagram about future topics and other things that we want to talk about because we want to hear kind of what you guys want to hear from us before we record for the end of this season and into next season we're almost at the end of our first season which is really exciting so until then
0: until then guys mask up be safe and we're just talking Perfect. perfect